Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for our Premier League show. Sorry, listeners, it's been a, it's been a minute, um, but it's Probably not been the best month to talk about uh, Premier League action anyway, with the all the cup games and 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 you know not full fixtures, but we're we're back and um, we're ready to to discuss this weekend's fixtures and all the transfer news. Um, with me to talk all all things Premier League, starting with Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm good, Mason. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, listeners. Um, it's good to be back on the pod. Um, back COVID over over the over the holidays, uh, but plenty of football managed to get watching. Um, but this last two weeks has felt like an international break. I'm not going to lie, so I'm glad to get back into it. That's my yeah, it's been dragging isn't it. Uh, typical January, uh, and we've also got Johnny. How's things, Johnny? Hi, mate. I'm good. It's great to be back. Feels like it's been the longest game week in history. I think it was spread over what two weeks. Yeah, as in uh, the fantasy football, I think I got about 56, 60, about nearly 60 points the first the first week. And I thought, I'm not, yeah, no one's catching me here. And then all of a sudden, everyone started <laughs> to, to overtake me. So, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long, long game week. But, but Jamie, let's get right into it. Um, let's, let's start with the, the early game then on, on Saturday. Arsenal smashed Palace 5-0. Um, there's uh, t- two completely different stories here. Um, but Arsenal getting back to winning ways. Um, something that we can't really say about Arsenal of late is, is being clinical, and, and that's what they were Saturday. Yeah, um, if, if I'm honest, I kind of fancied Palace to keep it to a low-scoring game. I didn't have Palace to win the game at all, um, just purely for the fact of Arsenal's home form. But shall we say their lack of, um, shall we say their lack of creativity has been called out over the winter period, um, and I didn't think that was going to change much. Um, little do I know when they run out five 0 winners, even if they did score a couple in the last few minutes. Um, but it was good to see Martinelli back on the scoreboard. He looks as though he's been out for a long time, um, not been involved in games. Um, 
but obviously the, the plaudits will go for the defence with Gabriel getting another action as well. Um, he did that against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago where he got the early goal and did exactly the same. And um, yeah, it was a really good win for Arsenal. I think they needed it really, but on the opposite side of it, it was a, it was a big, big loss for Roy Hodgson. Johnny, just just to touch on the other side, then as uh, Jamie said, there's been a lot, of, you know, a lot of talk in the in the last couple of weeks. To be fair about about Roy Hodgson, they're a team that I think quite easily are gonna, you know, gonna be fighting relegation. You, you, you normally say with the quality they've got, they they seem to always pull themselves out, but it does have a little bit of a different feel at the minute. Um, and and, and it, they looked, you know, they looked really really poor on Saturday. I mean, they pretty much just chased red shadows for the entire game. Um, it was kind of, we haven't seen that for Arsenal. I spoke about before in the pod a lot this season, that they, they are getting results, but they've never really been blowing teams away like they did last year at the start. Whereas they've done that at the weekend, you know, they were ruthless, but I think Palace definitely helped them. Um, I always feel sorry for Roy Hodgson. You know, it feels like it's somebody's granddad. Somebody just get him and take him to the pub for a pint. Um, so I, I have, I don't like giving him a hard time. Um, I think it was a big ass giving him the job. I mean, the Premier League has to be one of the most stressful out there. Uh, it can't be easy to to manage that, especially when there's such a gap between him and like, especially like your youth players, your younger players. I mean, that's a huge gap to try and keep up with how these players run, how they think. You know, it's a totally different game. So. I hope they come to some agreement with him rather than give him the elbow, you know, just some kind of, whether it's one of the old mutual agreements or something. But I think, yeah, they're going to have to make a change. Um, they are kind of flirting with relegation. I wouldn't say, I don't think they're in a risky going down. Um, not quite yet, just because there are teams worse down there that would probably save their ass, you know, that would, on another season, they would probably be in that bottom three. But, I mean, yeah, I would kind of agree with that. I think they, they are kind of in trouble. I was a wee bit surprised with that game. I don't know what you boys think, but see the Gabriel, the first goal? Um, I was delighted. I've got Gabriel in FPL, so I was born. <laughs> but I was surprised that they gave that goal. Um, do you not think there was a lot, a lot of climbing involved for that goal? Yeah, but, I mean, when was the last time you seen a goal given, taken away for climbing? Like there's so I mean, much, there's so much, there's so much talk right now about VAR when it comes to goalkeeper protection. Um, you know, shall we say tackling it, not looking at the ball. You know, it's yeah. I I I just don't see it not given. If that makes sense, I just don't see it. It take a brave ref to go against it. I think. But I think you see that every other week where it is given as a foul. Um, you know, I, I just not I'm, not, box, I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not listen. I'm not claiming that it's nailed on and I think it was, I'm not saying that I just feel like we do see that a lot and he does climb, the arm comes right over and there's no way the lad can leap with him I think it was Richards, he wasn't getting off the ground because Gabriel was right over the top of him with his arms as well, it, it just surprised me a wee bit, I thought they might have hooked it It reminded me of the goal, remember the, remember the, the Newcastle one, the one where um, was it Gabriel was yeah. climbing and he got he got a judge to have had a wee push in the back I think it looked yeah. carbon copy of it didn't it I know, yeah. I know it sounds only to be fair, but um, for me, I think Dean Henderson for for both the, the first goals. I think he's I think he's so great. By the way, mm-hmm. um, I, know, I think is Sam Johnson injured because I, I, I for me I, I won't, I won't be Sam Sam Johnson started the number one, and then he got injured. Um, 
Dean Henderson came in, and I think it was his position to lose. I think Hodgson, I, I remember watching an interview with Henderson, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and he said that Hodgson obviously brought him in and said that he was his number one, but Sam Johnson was always a number one. It's, it's kind of like the same issue with Arsenal. Different level of quality of goalkeepers, but they've got two number ones. Um, yeah. So there was going to be some sort of rotation, and I think would be surprised if you see Henderson this weekend, or next round, should I say. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a weird signing. At least I understand you've got to have two, two good goalkeepers, but I, I thought you could leave Johnson as a number one and then spend that money. You know, I think they needed one of the forward players, to be honest. Um, they're a little bit like that. Um, I think Palace have always had two good goalkeepers, weren't they? You go back to, was it uh, Guaita? Guaita, I thought, was a brilliant keeper, but they always had Sam Johnson on the books as well. Uh, so they've always kind of diced with the double-click goalkeeper thing, haven't they? Yeah, Butland as well, yeah. Butland. Yeah, Butland there. Yeah. But I think Roy's go back to Johnny's point. I think ever since Roy came out and criticised the kids in that game, you know, at the start of the season, I would I'm not going to say he's, you know, everybody's against him, but he's you can't half up think he's lost that dressing room massively. Not that they're not playing for him, but just the writing's on the wall. He's away at the end of the season. It's just it's like a slowing death now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Johnny, just 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 then, just to finish off that that game, Arsenal obviously. Uh, a lot of criticism, you know, of their performance of late and results. Um, but that's a, that's a big, big win. Could be, you know, obviously Martinelli has been been really poor this season. Uh, to get two goals at the end as well, that would be big for his confidence. Um, I know we are going to touch transfers um, a little bit later on, but just whilst we're on, we're on Arsenal. Um, I, I think I, I would now this um, that they need to bring in a striker, uh, even if it's a, on a, on loan. Uh, if they're really serious about um, winning a title, I think I think it's a must. Yeah, 100%. Mate. I've said that a few times on the pod. Uh, it's, it's bugged me for a few seasons that they just never seem to replace bringing an actual potent number nine. I think the last one I can remember was Terry Henry. Um, Dennis Bergkamp, you know, that kind of season, the invincible season where they had a striker that um, was getting 20, 30, 30 plus goals a season. They don't have that. Yes, they spread the goals. Um, they bring, they brought in uh, Jesus, but uh, he's not a striker for me. And I, I wouldn't even say he's a poacher. I'd put him as a, he's more like a number ten. Um, his play style in the in the way he is, he'll maybe get you so many a season. Yes, but for a title challenge, I think you need that number nine. Um, and they, they don't have that. Yes, they blew Palace away at the weekend. Partly, they were good, taking nothing away from them. Um, but that's been quite rare this season for them to be like that. So they're not going to be like that every week and that's where you, you're looking for that number nine that can win a game from nothing and I don't think they have that. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you. I think, I think it was improved. Some of the players had a good game. You've seen Trossard, there was flashes there of what he's capable of. We haven't seen that enough. Nowhere near enough, but he does have that in his locker. It's just consistency the boy lacks. And like you say, Martinelli had two goals. I felt boy bad for the lad that came on as Amada. Um, they switched him out and put Martinelli went up against him. He decimated that poor lad. Both his goals, the lad was posted missing. So I think that helped as well. But yeah, sorry to just stamp your point, mate. 100%. I think they do need a striker. Yeah, I think I agree. I think we all agree on that one. But but Jamie, just just moving on then to the, to the next game, which is the late game um, on Saturday night. Uh, you know the story around this. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on on both of this. Is obviously the return of, of Ivan Tony. Um, well, I think we all knew he was going to score. 
I think it was just it was just written on it. And I don't know what the odds were, but I, I bet you won't get a lot They were back. very, very low. Um, <laughs> God, he'll tell you it was the one bet he didn't back on mine and it came in. <laughs> um, do, do you know what? I, I was I was expecting a bit of a barnstormer because Brentford have been so poor recently and Nottingham Forest have actually been scoring goals. But Forest have got a lack of players at the moment. And what I mean is like the main players like Morgan Gibbs-White out, um, Alanga out, uh, Sangara out, arguably some of their better players. But they've been scoring goals. Chris Wood's decided he's decided to play for all of a sudden. Um, so I kind of felt that Saturday night was going to be a gudgeon. Um, and it didn't disappoint, to be fair. Um, I thought Brentford were worthy of the win. Um, it was obvious how crucial Ivan Tony was for them, um, especially with no one bueno and no visa. You know, the, the, he, he, he was great in the first half, but he didn't really see much in the second half. But that was always going to come with how long he's been out and trying to manage his minutes. Um, if anything, it just added another ten million to the price. If you wanted him this window, isn't it really? That's that's probably what it, that's probably what's scaring Arsenal off at the moment is that it is going to cost upwards of a hundred million if they want him right now. Um, but there was something ironic about it as well that you know he's just served an eight month ban. He dons the top with a betting company on, on as the main sponsor, plays for the guy who owns the club that owns a betting company, and you just think. It gets the teeth a little bit, doesn't it? No, I'm not going to begrudge anybody having an acker, but um, it's a bit not two faced, but it's like you know, you're banning people when you're playing for a, um, a heavily invested um, betting company, shall we say? It just doesn't sit right for me. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Johnny, obviously, the, the main talking point from this game um, was uh, Tony Thole. Uh, where obviously uh, I'm sure everyone's seen it, where he he moves the referees' um, foam, um, and 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 I, I think listen, it, it, it happens. Um, I think I think everyone. I'm not, to be fair, I've not seen anyone move the foam, but they all move the ball. Um, I, I think it's. I'm not a fan uh, of the Forest keeper Turner at all. Another goalkeeper that I, I wouldn't want. Uh, I think he's got to be looked at for the for the goal here. Um, and I don't agree with with Nuno's assessment after the game, where it was, he was complaining um, about Tony. I think he's got to be talking to his his goalkeeper and his defenders about um, about that more. Uh, but what was your thoughts around that? And obviously, you know, it, it's, it's grabbed the headlines um, this week. Yeah, um, defeat a quote. Sorry, quote a famous man. I'm not quite sure who. It might have been my dad, but what a load of shite. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even move. He literally moves it a tiny wee bit to the side, so it's not like he's taking any space. As Nuno, how many of his players stole five, ten yards for every throw they took during that game? Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolute garbage. Um, and like you say, my first thing, even when you seen it, I didn't even notice it. It wasn't until the replays after. Um, but the. Um, the strike itself in the wall was embarrassing. The wall actually jumps the complete opposite side out of the way. And for some reason, as he goes to take it, the wall completely narrowed. It went Hudson from the even more, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just kind of enclosed so they were all huddled together. It was like it, they actually made Tony's mind up for him. So, yeah, I would agree with you, mate. I think the problem has got nothing to do with that ball shifting whatsoever. It was to do with the wall. And like you say, that's where your goalkeeper should be absolutely hammering them. Because he has to see that. He's the one with the view. So, yeah, uh, 
much ado about nothing, mate. I enjoyed the game, by the way. It was a cracking game. Yeah, it was. It was. And yeah, sorry, I started with Tony coming back and then Tony goal. But um, today, just just to finish up, then obviously Forest. It was a good game. Um, yeah. Danilo with an absolute stormer of a finish as well. Chris Wood gets one. It was it was end to end. Uh, it was something that you want from a Saturday night football. But um, obviously Brentford have been struggling. Now they've got Tony yeah. back. I think that's a big boost, a big three points for them. Forest are not out of, it, out of it yet, though. No, um, you know Brentford's Brentford sit on twenty two points right now, so that puts them, I think, the six points above the relegation zone. There's absolutely no way if you think that Ivan Tony stays there, he doesn't get them another 12, 15 points. So I have no worries about them at all, especially when you think of some of the AFCON players that they'll get back. Um, I think Bueno will be up for a bit longer, but uh, Visa as a partnership up front, you can only see them just getting better. That's why I think it'll be, you know, it's a ridiculous price tag, but that's what it's going to take to get prize him out of Brentford um, in this window. So I think it'll be fine for them. Forest, Forest have got a bit of a weird one because, you know, if you go back a couple of months ago, they were, they were setting pretty decent. You know, they were, they were, they were, I think, um, you know, the manager before he got the bullet um, was doing well. And then obviously they went on that slide, didn't they? They changed to Nuno. Um, and I think he got, he started getting, he started picking up points. What he has done is he started playing his own version of players. So the boy, is it the right back Montiel scored the winning penalty in the World Cup final? I'm not a biggest fan. He's a walking yellow card, but he's got something about him. Um, do you know what I mean? And, and, and he's been playing, um, you know, he's been playing um, him compared to, you know, he wasn't getting played before. I think Nuno probably needs a window to get his players in. And if you go by some of the transfer rumours, um, the, the potential of looking at some probably creative deals going in there. Um, but I think that hops back to the financial fair play that probably might come on to later on. Uh, they've got to catch themselves in a bit of a tricky one. I don't think they're going to be dropping any money. It's going to be loan deals. Um, but as you said, the couple of players that we've seen that they've been linked with, you can't really turn down and probably would improve them. I'm personally not that worried about Forest. I think Palace are probably more in danger of dropping into that um, just because of the situation we said. I think Everton are down there. I think Palace drop into their... I think Forrest pick up points. I really do. They just need to get the players back. Um, and as I said, like Gibbs White, Alanga, they've they, seen already that, that that's goals for them. Um, and that's before you start talking about the main striker at one year when he's due back at some point. So I think Forrest will be okay. He was a big loss for them. I Massive loss. Uh, I think uh, I think you're right. I think Nuno Nuno has some really good links like, on the continent. Back home, I think um, he had a he had a, a good eye for that when he was at Wolves. I think was he got every chance he could do that again. Yeah, it'd be interesting one with with Nuno. I'm not. I don't know. Do you know what he's done really well? Wolves actually, if you look, look back at that and look at the job he's done, even the players he signed. Um, Tottenham maybe disaster, but a lot of managers have been. So yeah, it, it yeah. maybe Forest suits him a little bit more. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, what, his record, what, his record's honking, mate. I actually looked over it and done a wee bit of digging for it. I think it was a previous pod when he came in. And it's it's bad. Other than the wheels where he did do well, other than that, he's pretty much had the bullet everywhere he's been. Well, going to, going to there and, uh, and digging out um, two of the best players in Benzema and Jota was, wasn't, uh, wasn't the best start for him, was it? But um, yeah, I'm quite interested to see how he, he does there. But, but Johnny, another really good game of football um, on Sunday. Uh, had a little bit of everything. Um, it was a, a, a two-all uh, Desmond between Sheffield United and West Ham. 
Um, what was your thoughts on on this game? There was there's a lot to pick in, and there's a couple of points that I'll, I'll ask both of you. But um, what was your thoughts on on the game as a whole? Um, I thought it was quite evenly balanced. It was a feisty game. Um, it's like one of those games that pretty much had everything. You know, it covered pretty much every talking point. So I'm going to try and avoid the main points because that's probably going to be your questions. <laughs> that I don't want to bust them. Um, but that meant, listen, I enjoyed the game. I'll be listen. I'll put my cards on the table. I was dying on Sunday. I was in a bad way, far too much uh, on Saturday night. So uh, I had to rewatch the game today. I tried to watch it Sunday, but I may as well have been looking at it through binoculars. Um, but yeah, even even watching, I watched the extended highlights and I actually enjoyed them. Um, but uh, yeah, for what I seen, I thought. Two two was probably a bit right. Granted, came a bit probably no the fairest way would be a way to say it. a horrible way to drop two points towards the back end. Of it. But yeah, I mean, I think Sheffield will probably be happy with the point in West Ham. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying my hardest to not step on a landmine, mate. Gonna ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's start with you then. Uh, I actually thought I agree. I don't think there was a lot in it. I think Sheffield United probably just brushed, uh, just shaded it. Um, I thought they 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 definitely didn't deserve to to lose. All right, Jamie, first first one. Then I think the two the two big talking points. Well, there's three. We'll start with it. obviously West Ham. It, it take the lead twice and then and a late penalty from a Bernie. But um, I want to ask you both about the sending the first sending off from from uh, Brewster. Um, any complaints at all with this one, and what has happened to this kid? Yeah. Um, I'll say yes, red card. Um, I can't. I don't think I can have any complaints about it. Two, Brewster was brilliant for the little plunders. Like as a youngster, he was breaking records in the unders, and he, he had he had the they had this big career planned out. I was shocked when he went to Sheffield United. But the fact they paid twenty five million for him, then I can't really say anything. But he's just dropped off the face of the planet, um, and I don't know whether it's the fact he plays alongside Ollie McBurney um, that you know has probably dropped his standards a little bit. But um, he wasn't even getting a game at the beginning of the season. You know, I think it was the lad Archer, wasn't it, that came in and kind of stole the show. So um, I think he's, uh, you know, he reminds me of Jordan Ibe. Remember the youngster that came through at Liverpool and kind of didn't, he was in and out, but then moved on to, I think it was Bournemouth and then just dropped off the fit, end of the earth. Um, it's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's obviously not going to get to the heights that was expected of him. Um, but he's had a couple of red cards, if I'm not mistaken now. I thought, you know, petulance, uh, over, over, overzealous. Um, I don't think he can have many complaints with it, to be fair. Johnny, just, just, just on that, I think we, we've said it before, a good spell in the Premier League can make you a millionaire for life. And I think that's <laughs> with, with Brewster. Um, to, to think, you know, Sheffield United spent 45, the best cuts of 45 million on Ollie McBurney and Brewster is, I tell you what, that is incredible, really. But, um, but yeah, just on that, any you agree there with, with Jamie's assessment on the record? Yes. Yeah, it was a stinker, bad challenge. Um, it looked like he meant he, he meant to hunt. So yeah, he had to go, mate. It was a nailed on red card. He could have got two red cards for it, to be honest. They, they, I would agree with everything you've said. I mean, it was one of those head scratchers. The transfer itself, 
uh, the, the the fee was ridiculous. So yeah, Liverpool had to take it. But I mean, did they have a good spell in the Premier League? Like you said, they done well in the youth. Maybe it showed some signs, but I didn't think there was much more than that. I think they were trying to buy them. What they were trying to see the future with that yeah. transfer. Um, but yeah, why that's happened or where he is, I don't know, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. Why. I don't know the lad. I don't know what he's like. But it did not look good, and we haven't seen much of him. And they're bringing in some extra bodies. So especially, I mean, that's a chance. You know, he's been thrown in as a chance. Go and steal your position, and yeah, he definitely didn't do that. No, that's the that's the worst way to to go about it. But but Jamie, uh, a couple of points. So I'll go to both of them because you can you can cover both at once. So Sheffield United get a penalty, last kick of the ball. Do you think that was a penalty? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that, and then obviously what follows that two minutes later, where Bowen's uh, looks like he's pulled down and it goes the other way, and it didn't even get looked at. Um, what were your thoughts on on, on the crazy? I'll try and be as platonic as possible, but with the first one, I think Sheffield United would do some luck. Like they've had a couple of stinkers this season that have not went their way, rightly or wrongly. They would do one that went their way. So I'm not gonna begrudge them um that that decision. I'm really not. It was I would hate it to be given against us, but I could understand why they were given. The second one. I think Bowen instigates it. I really do. Bowen's not looking. Bowen's kind of, he's running towards the defender. The defender's naturally going to have his arms out to kind of measure his distance. Bowen then kind of does that. He doesn't jump. He kind of just lifts his feet off the floor. It makes it look as though he's been impeding. And I think, I think, so, so the thing is, see if that's given anywhere else on the pitch. I can't tell you who it goes to because the ref, it's his decision. The fact it's in the penalty box, I don't think should sway that. And he's obviously made a judgment on it. I don't think VAR needs to get involved in that because he doesn't miss a clear and obvious. I can't believe I'm sticking up for VAR. The, the, the definition is it's a clear and obvious area. Now, if they've said to him, what will probably come out of the Michael Owen, Michael, no, the Howard show is that the ref probably says, no, it was the two of them. And VAR go, well, it's his decision. Uh, you know, he's not, he's seen it, he's made a decision on it, so we won't get involved. If he gives a decision and he gives it to, for example, Sheffield United, and they go, no, no, Sheffield United instigated that and pulled Owen Bowen down, then you can understand why it was given. I'm not convinced the ref didn't see it and was an obvious error. So, again, I'm kind of going to side with Sheffield United on this because they were due some luck. Um, and I think they're at the stage you now where they'll pinch, rob, steal any kind of point they can get. And I can't blame them for it. Yeah, no, fair point. I think I think they are due a bit. You are right to point out that a few go against them. Um, but Johnny, what, what did you make? Do you agree there with, with Jamie's assessment? I'm quite glad they said it, mate, because uh, I looked in the affair a bit as well. And I thought it would probably be the unpopular opinion, but Jamie spat it first. I thought that what they showed you, especially in the highlights, is they gave you one like one view and one angle, and they cut like three seconds of that move off. It starts with Bowen, he runs in to the lad, and he, he puts his hands out. So his hands are on his arm, the defender's arms. The defender obviously backtracks, and he's got his hands out and ends up pulling them back with him, if that makes sense. So... 
he kind of instigates the actual play, and as they both go down, the ball clatters his hand. I mean, you know, what would, we're supposed to go with clear and obvious. I don't think there was a clear and obvious error there at all. Uh, I think if it, they did get it, they would have been incredibly lucky. Yeah, no, fair, fair point. I think you've both made really good, good points there. Where, uh... I, I just point out as well that West Ham to score two goals with the amount of plays they've got missing right now, where, you know, we're probably, you know, bigger than what they're actually giving us all credit for. They've lost some big players at the moment. I mean, Kudos is over in the AFCON. Paqueta's missing for about three months. I think I don't think the boy Alvarez played, did he? Um, you know, they've lost the the central defenders at Agod. Um, he's over playing for Morocco. They've got they've got a long list of players, and there was talk about whether Bowen was even going to be, be able be, be able to play. Fit, to be fair, but... Yeah, so I was more surprised that actually West Ham scored two goals um, as a positive to take away from the game. Um, don't tell the West Ham fans, aren't they? They were having a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. It was actually chanting and wanting Moyes out again. Uh, but see, that was because Moyes instigated that revolt, though, didn't he? Moyes was giving it, you know, he went into full uh, Nuno Espirito, didn't he, about um, what, what's, the, what's the reason for VAR and all that kind of stuff? There's, um, I don't there's, understand it. Yeah, there's more. I want to touch on West Ham a little bit later, but <laughs> you, I'm, with, I'm with more with Johnny. I'm thinking, yeah, um, there. They're in meltdowns for no reason at the minute, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but Jamie, um, we'll, we'll come to the, to, to the late game then Sunday. Um, Liverpool, comfortable um, against against Bournemouth. Uh, 4-0 winners, uh, Nunes with two and Jota with two. Um, I thought the first half was pretty poor. To be honest, again, I thought Liverpool looked pretty comfortable, but goal early in the... Um, in the second half, and then it was it was cruise control uh, after that. But you must be delighted with, you know, to go away from home and, uh, and score four goals. Yeah, and, and you know, I was talking to Johnny about this last night, and you know, we were having a joke about it. Fornald actually doesn't tell the story of the game, as you said, Mason. The first half was pretty grim, um, but it, you, you could probably say that about a lot of Liverpool's away games this season. You go back to Palace before Christmas. We, you know, we had to go a goal down before we turned that one round. Um, we, you know, we had to, we went behind against Luton. Um, we went behind against Wolves. It's been the story of our season. Um, the second off is is where we obviously turned up, and there's that stat kicking about how many goals we've scored after the 75th minute. It's like talking about an extra 10 goals compared to most teams, which is kind of unheard of. I think the, the plaudits quite rightly will go to people like Jota and, and Nunes. You know, people will say Nunes, his numbers right now are absolutely ridiculous. He's got 10 goals in all competitions and 10 assists. He's the first person in the top five leagues to register double digits on both sets of stats. That's not bad for a guy that potentially actually isn't even the first starter when it comes to the front line. You know, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. And I can see Johnny's literally giggling. He's got his hand over covering his mouth because, you know, he, he loves a good Nunes run. But the fact that we don't have salary now and we're still scoring this many goals, um, uh, yeah, I'm brimming Cheshire Cat. And I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll say two points. One, I love the fact that people still, still don't think Liverpool are in this. Everybody's still talking about City. <clears throat> and quite right, you go back to last year, we weren't giving Arsenal a shot at this. Do you know what I mean? And and, and we were proven right. However, if, the, if there is one team that can do it to the City, I fully believe it's Liverpool, just the way that they're playing. So I, I definitely think it's a two-tier race. Um, and I think, you know, with the goals that we're putting in, I'm absolutely buzzing for this season. The second point I would say is the bit that's probably gone unnoticed is actually Klopp. 
Klopp's been making changes in these second offs that's turning the games for us. Little tweaks with players. And he did the same again at the weekend. You know, um he he, he brought Gakpo on. Um he took he took Diaz off, um, brought Gakpo on, and Gakpo was the link up man who started all the you know, started he's done that so many times this season, Klopp has. And I think I think he called Klopp calls this Liverpool 2.0. I think he's right up there with it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp signs a new contract because he's loving life at the moment. Um, just the same as every Liverpool fan. Um, 4-0 away to Bournemouth. Buzzing with it. I really am. Um, and, you know, the, the fixture list um, is going to be fun for the next couple of weeks. We've got Chelsea and Arsenal back-to-back coming up. Um, sandwiched in between cup games and stuff. So, um, a big month. I did say I think I think I said before the podcast sorry before Christmas the 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 key time was going to be when Salah comes back from the Afcon. Where's our position going to be? Are we still going to be in the top two? Um, so far, so good, and I'm going to stick with that um, because yeah, it's 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 good viewing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I agree with with Jamie to be honest. I've said it since day one as well. To be fair, I think Liverpool have got a right good chance of, of winning this title. We're going to save the title, but whilst we're on the subject, Johnny, I think to be honest, to go to, back to the sort of game, I think Jamie summed it up quite well. Not too much to say about Bournemouth. I thought they were poor, um, lacked quality big time. Um, but yeah, you know, the quality of Liverpool, I think, overshone. But what what's your thoughts on the title race? If you had to put your money on a, a team now, Johnny, who, who would it be? No, no, no. Wait, wait one second. Let's back this up to Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Can you let, let him do that? And then jump it. Ten goals, ten assists, ten pensioners, two cameramen, fourteen ball boys. <laughs> no, 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 I'm only kidding. He's, 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 he's like point three nine or something. That's ridiculous. No, he, he, he's doing well. He's doing well. I, I, listen, I've always said, all back on the side, I actually like the kid. I think there's a player in there. Once he gets settled. I think it could be dynamite. I still believe that, but I still enjoy winding them up. Um, yeah, so, question. Do I think Liverpool are in the title race, or who do I see in the title race? Who, who do you see in the title race, and who do you see properly in, uh, on the mid, uh, right now? Uh, I think the way it is just now um, with Liverpool, I think they will be delighted to be going under the radar. Um like Jimmy just said, they're in Man City, they're still talking about them, they're still talking about Arsenal. They ain't mentioning Liverpool much, and I think that suits them perfectly. Uh, they can just go about their business quietly. So, I mean, it's not going to be like that forever. Can they stick the season? Um, right now, I don't see why not. Um, I do think Liverpool are a team that rely on certain key personnel. Um, I know they do have cover, which they do, but if they get a couple of bad injuries... I think it could change things. They have a couple of bad injuries. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and, I'm nine players at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking long term. So, for example, mm. let's just say you lost Salah and uh, anybody you want, any key player. I think that Trent. would cause Trent. a huge. I risk. think Trent's been brilliant this season. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to jinx you guys. I will touch you with for you, but I think. But I mean, you could say that about other teams as well. I just one of the things like with City, I don't think you do say that. I think that's still yeah. probably the one edge that we'd give them. Um, I think Arsenal toil if they lose a couple of players. I don't still don't think they have the depth. Um, so I think that would be the difference. But as it is right now, mate, yeah, why why not? Absolutely, why not? I think City have still got that gear to jump. They do it every time once we get to like what March, mm-hmm. um, maybe April. They just 
to jump a level. Um, they've done it every year for God knows how long. I don't see why it's going to be any different this year. But as long as Liverpool keep doing what they're doing, then it wouldn't really be a factor. They still have the ground to make up. It's not a huge gap, but we've seen it with Arsenal. We've seen that huge lead and we've seen how fast it can change. It is a long season, mate. I would still tip City um, yeah. just purely because of who they are and what they've done. But I, I give full credit to Liverpool. I think they've been really good, really good to watch. Granted, mostly second half. A bit slow starting. That's been a frequent thing, but they seem to be setting it right. I think one of the key things for me is that, as Johnny just said, we've got a few players out. You've got Robertson due back. You've got Salah's out for a few weeks now. Trent's due back. We need our players to come back and hit the floor running again and keep us that momentum. I think what City do have is that they can afford to play De Bruyne for 20 minutes for the next three weeks, and he probably still puts in the same shift or the same output, if you like. Um, Haaland, has, you know, he's only just started training again. They've got that much quality, you know, um, they can spread their love a little bit um, and, and, and afford to maybe only play them half a game or something. Um, so it's definitely against Liverpool. You know, let's, let's be honest, City are still the outliers. They have the outliers, they have to be. Um, I'm looking forward, though, to getting some of the key players. If you go back to December, I think, you know, arguably some of our best players were Trent Alexander-Arnold. I thought Wataru Endo come into his game, played brilliant in the centre of the park. Um, the young lad, Kwanzaa, was brilliant at centre-back. Three players that are not playing now and we're still in the position that we're in. So, I'm just happy with the squad depth that we've got. We've got Suboslight still to come back as well. I think McAllister's gone under the radar. He's been found out a couple of times in games. But again, against Bournemouth, I thought he was brilliant. And and people like um, Curtis Jones, I know John's got a bit of a hard-on for people like Curtis Jones. Um, you know, he's, he's getting his time in the game and, and the team and doing well. So for me, I, I hope it continues. Yeah, that's one. Uh, yeah, I think I think I've got to agree. I think City got the edge, but but don't write off uh, Liverpool. Um, uh, Johnny, just just very quickly then, both the the game Monday Night Football. Uh, n- not really a lot to, to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sums it up really nice. Um, Brighton nil, uh, Wolves nil. Um, I think Brighton. I, I think they're doing okay. I think you ask any Brighton fan, they're probably happy with their position, but they're missing something that they, they had last season. Um, and I think it definitely feel like two points dropped for them and a, you know, a point change for Wolves, Johnny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, sorry, yeah, I, I watched the game. 
Uh, I actually sat and chatted to you with, with Jamie last night. We sat and watched the game. Uh, it's one that, you know, I do a fair wee bit of research for each pod. And that's one of the games where you had to do absolutely none. And you could talk as if you seen the game because absolutely nothing happened. Um, two teams who got forward, got into good positions. Uh, I thought Wills got into much better positions than Brighton did, but just nothing. The, once they got into, into the position, it was either a bad ball or a bad choice. And that seemed to be pretty much repeated for 90 minutes. Um, That's say, young Pedro Chance summed it up, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was seven minutes. He was getting into those positions a few times, Jamie. I think it was maybe three or four where he pretty much broke through, but the head was down and never really always made the bad, the bad choice. Yeah, the wrong choice, sorry. But I would agree with Brighton, mate. They haven't they haven't hit the heights. Um, I think maybe found out a little bit it is a much heavier load when you're playing on all these extra fronts, but not you know what I mean, all these extra games of European football and that. They do have a very young squad. Um, they have had injuries as well. When you add all that together, I just don't think they've co- they're built to cope with that. Um, it doesn't mean they can't. I think it's a learning curve for them. But, I mean, they're not a million miles away. It's not It's not like we're talking about they're fighting in the bottom half and struggling. Um, I think it's a club that will continue to improve to rectify. So, uh, I'm not really afraid for them. I think they'll be fine. But, yeah, they have been off a wee bit, a bit lackluster. Do you have anything to, to add from, from that? Free no, I, I, I think, you know, Brighton's probably just a bit of reality check for them. You know, they, they, they did so well last year. I mean, they're still sitting seventh. You know what I mean? They're, they're not exactly having a bad season. Um, they're, they're missing some key players. Uh, Matoma's out. Um, Adringa, who's been really good from the seasons away at the AFCON. Um, you know, Danny Welbeck only plays really good once every four games. But do you know what I mean? It's It's... You know what? What do Brighton fans expect, really? Um, they're sitting seventh. They, they're undefeated in the last four games after last night. They're not doing bad. They're still in Europe. Um, but yeah, I'm with John. I expected a Brighton win last night. Um, they'll definitely view it as two points dropped. But I wouldn't be worried about them anytime soon. To be fair, Brighton, I don't think they do. You know, I don't think they expect a lot more than that. I think the majority of them are probably realising, especially last season, they were playing above the what was expected of them and mm-hmm. probably just enjoying it. So, And they're probably just enjoying the European adventure as well. I think we'll be OK. And like we say, we're saying West Ham are having all these issues with fans expecting more. They're only two, two three points off West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's not much between them. Nice. Um... Yeah, maybe maybe being a little bit a bit, bit harsh there on Brian, but I just I just see when I've watched them, I've just not been. I think I was really impressed with it. It's, it's because you expected them to win. It yeah, just seems but, deflated that it didn't happen. That's right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, but Jamie, let's let's turn to the the fun part then of uh, the show, and, and I do love a transfer window. Everton. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it comes in. It comes in nicely. Um, yeah. I think last year was the record, last January was the record, wasn't it, for, for spending yep. in the Premier League in January. And this year has got to be the complete opposite and be the record yep. for, for no one spending. Um, we haven't seen a lot of deals happening, especially for, for, for money. Obviously, financial fair play has got a big um, saying on that. Everton, you know, could be could be getting um, more points deducted. Same with Nottingham Forest. So 
it, it's, it's becoming a, a real problem for clubs. Um, but yeah, what, what's your thoughts on, on the window so far and, and financial fair play um, as, as a whole? Um, on a personal point, um, I knew Liverpool weren't going to do any deals. Um, you know, the, the, the amount of changes we made in the midfield, um, you know, I would be the first to say we're still either a defender or a midfielder away from being a proper, proper big outfit. But you don't buy three midfielders and then buy a fourth and, the, and, and then went, went to window. So um, I was never looking at it from a Liverpool point of view. But what you just said from the league point of view, I'm kind of shocked, but I'm not shocked. I'm shocked that everybody's kind of fear of falling foul of fair, financial fair play. But it all goes back to those 10 points. That everything got docked. The moment the moment the, the Premier League stopped helping teams by, you know, giving them a dispensation where they could spread the, the you know, the, the issues that they had, um, it was always going to, it was always going to go on the back burner for a lot of teams. Um, you know, and I, th- I think it's going to be, I think it's going to go into the summer as well. Um, I think Everton are, you know, shall we say the one, they are, the perfect example of probably not how to do it. And what I mean by that, not to harp on a bit them, but they've been found guilty um, and given a 10 point deduction that naturally goes into the next season and the next season, they continue that trend. They're now facing a further, a further, um, you know, uh, punishment and the projection from some of the top people is that based on their current finances, they're going to fall foul next year as well. So, because it's a three-year cycle, you can lose 105 million over a three-year window. Two years ago, they lost the best part of 80 million. That's why they went over because of the other years. The last year, they lost 25 million. So they're over for the first two years. So next, so basically, what they're saying is they can't lose a single penny this season, which is just not going to happen. So you're facing three seasons worth of you know issues. Nottingham Forest have found themselves to be in a similar similar situation. And I think it's got a lot of teams scared. Um, you know, Newcastle being the perfect example. Newcastle want to come in and do the right thing, but they have the funds. They have the funds where they could go and blitz. They could spend 105 million now in this window and go, right, we'll, we'll figure it out over the next two seasons. If they qualify for the Champions League or something, they can obviously claw that back in. But they're just not doing it. They're talking about selling. They're, you know, we'll come to the transfer rumours, but they're talking about selling because it's probably got them worried. Um, you know, it's City haven't spent anything. Do you know what I mean? City are quite obvious. They've got uh, not areas that they want to improve, but they've got an aging squad in certain t- in certain places that you think they they want some. You know, some of the 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 young up and coming people to come through. City look as though they're going to be using the youth team players this season because they don't want to do the same thing. Um, so I think it's got a lot of teams scared and. If I'm honest, it's probably a long time coming because how some of these teams can spend so much in a January window seems absolutely crazy. Johnny, I've, that end point there for Jamie, I've said that for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Um, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And obviously, a little bit different for me and you seeing it supporting two Scottish clubs mm-hmm. and seeing teams like Bournemouth being able to spend 50 million last January. And thinking how how are they how are they doing this? Um, I think I think I think everyone's got their own opinions on financial fair play and how it's been brought in. I do I do sort of agree there with Jamie in terms of Newcastle. They want to do it. 
the right way, but they've got the money there to spend. Obviously, we've seen Chelsea do that years beyond. City do that. Newcastle now can't go and do that. Um, and I do think it's going to be hard for anyone to go and break that top, you know, like, like your, your cities, because because your financial fair play is going to keep sort of pulling you back. Um, but what's your, what's your thoughts on, on, on there, what, what Jamie said, and sort of financial fair play? And, and, and it's just been strange, this window, to not have hardly any movement. Uh, I honestly think with financial fair play, for too long, it was a laughing stock. It was a shambles. It was easy to work around. Um, whether it was fiddling the books, fluffing transfers, whatever you want to call it, there was a hell of a lot of teams guilty. And a lot of the teams that are quiet and going under the radar, they'll have the same worries as well, because I think they were all at it. Some worse than others, 100%, yes. Um, now we're starting to see teams slowly but surely finally getting picked up. Let's not forget how far these charges for Man City go back. We're not talking a few months, you know, we're talking years. It's a long way. And for what I've been reading, that as serious as their case is, there's so many of them and it's so difficult to prove and it's scattered over so many charges. We're talking that it's going to be like something like 2025 before anything comes in. So they could still control and boss the league until that point and then get hammered. Uh, and but again, for what I've read, it sounds like they should. Um, but Newcastle, I would agree, it's, it's, it must be frustrating for them. Because like you've, Jamie's just touched on, and yourself, they, they have, they're one of these teams with an endless pot of gold. You know, if it, that financial fair play wasn't there, they could literally sign anybody they want uh, and do it all in one window, which is unreal. Um, but obviously, with financial fair play, they can't. And they're looking to sell, which is it is a bit weird. Um, I thought they were pretty solid with financial fair play. Um, they haven't spent hugely since they've come in. But then they don't really sell a lot. There's not really many that jump out at me where they've made fortunes and signings. Um, they don't have homegrown players that they can sell on and, you know, they get a wee, bo- wee bonus for that with financial fair play. They don't have that. Um, so maybe it's that. Because the Almiron one, not so much Trippier, I think there's more to that one, but the, the Almiron one reeks uh, fluff in the books. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I, I, that's what it is. Chelsea have done it as well. They can say what they want with all these Saudi transfers. They've fluffed the books massively. And it probably, but if it bites them on the arse, then so be it. Uh, it's very much a case of you reap what you sow. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot has to do with that. And that's why we're seeing very, very few transfers. I think we'll all see something, I'll be honest with you. I still think somebody's going to chuck in. I think it's going to be loads of loan money. deals. Yeah, I think it's going to be loads of loan deals that are going to go going on. I still think there'll be a big transfer or two. I really do. Um, as to whom or where, I don't know. But it's like they can't help themselves. <laughs> this um, is probably the first time that you can actually say that financial fair play is actually working. Yeah, because it's deterring people from spending money. When was I the think first the time? Was was the yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they've seen. Look, I mean, theirs was obviously during the COVID season and stuff, but they tried to get away with it. They never, mm-hmm. and now it's coming back again. But yeah, that's that's a warning to say, look, we we're not messing about here. If you've done it, we might not get you now. It might take years, but we are coming. Um, yeah. So that, absolutely, that must be hanging over their head. But then you say, well, is it a good thing? Then. I mean, that's why it's there. So, but like you say, the whole Bournemouth thing as well, that still eats away at me, mate. Ever since you mentioned it, <laughs> 50 million spent. And here's my team taking 14 loan deals for guys for Bosnia Regis. What's going on? I know. I know. 
know, I feel, feel exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> but just, just on the financial fair pay, we had a, a decent discussion myself with, with my mates the other day, um, talking about financial fair pay, and, and, and I have Antonio, and I know we've touched on him already tonight, but see if Brentford are realistically asking for 70, 80 million, right? And that's what you read in the press. I think he could do a job at all the, the top teams. I, I don't know if he gets in. I, I know he doesn't get in City's team instead of Haaland. I'd debate. I think I'd probably rather Nunes as well. I don't. I know some people would. I would agree. I, I would agree. Um, so I, I'll take them two away. But, but Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, they could all do with, with Ivan Tony. But I think the question I want to ask both of you is, would you, can you see these teams spending 70, 80 million on a 28-year-old? Um, with financial fair play biting, biting the arse. Because you, you said there, Johnny, you've seen Chelsea riddle it a little bit with giving out seven and eight-year contracts. You can't do that to Ivan Tony. He's, he's not at the age where what value you're going to be getting up, you know, for that. James? I, I think... This window, absolutely not. No, I just don't see it. I, don't, I, I really don't. I don't think Brentford, you know... Brentford hold all, all the cards here. Um, I think if I'm right in thinking, come the summer, though, he's got a year left on his contract. So, you know, again, I don't see that being the deal. If I'm honest, I don't see Liverpool going for him. He's a, he's a, Liverpool, fan. He's a Liverpool boy at heart. I don't see Liverpool going for him. He was a Newcastle youngster, and they've already got people like Isak, so I don't see them Newcastle going for him. I just don't think he's a Man U type of player. I really don't. Um, Chelsea would be intriguing, but, I mean, yeah. That they, they would absolutely rinse them for about 150 million if it was Chelsea. Um, if I'm honest, I think he will go to Arsenal, um, but I don't think it'll be like an 80 million fee. I wouldn't be surprised if they got creative and done something like 60 million plus um, in Ketia. You know, like 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 another like another another trading. The one worry I would have for Arsenal, and I, I kind of got into this debate with somebody on Twitter. So it was an Arsenal fan. He was he was trying to give me big style. Arsenal. Begged Brentford for the keeper on loan to get around financial fair play. They can't just then muster up 60, 70 million a season later when they've already purchased people like Havertz and Declan Rice. Yeah. So they are going to have to get creative. And don't forget, they've still to pay the Brentford money because it was by it was a loan with a with a purchase of about 35 million, I think it was reported. Yeah. So they've already got to give Brentford 35 million. So again. Could it be Arsenal? I don't know. Honestly, I think it's a weird one. Um, 28 is a bit... I'm not going to say past it because that's unfair. I, I think 28 is at the higher end, um, especially when Harry Kane is, what, 31 and went for £100 million. Um, but two total different class of players. I think just Brentford hold all the cards. I wouldn't be surprised if Brentford just held on to him. But I wouldn't, you know, and, and until his contract runs out and see what they do, see if they get creative with their own transfers. Um, but again, I think there's some gentleman's contract, gentleman's agreement in there that, you know, whilst he was on his ban, that there was probably some deal struck that, you know, if a certain bid come in from him of a certain team, then, you know, they would allow certain um, things to happen, if you like. I, as I said, I, I don't see the big six, I think. I think it's going to take a big punt from anybody to get him. To be fair, yeah. So no, I didn't give you a. I didn't give you a good enough answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, there's a lot. There's a lot with this one, isn't there? That's that's why I asked Johnny. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, if 
Ivan Tony is at the higher end at 28. Most of them must be ready for his pencil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 400 mil. <laughs> <laughs> the player he's selling me, I think, and looking at the, 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 let's just say top half of the table, that it's, it's the kind of player that Arsenal and Chelsea are screaming out for. Yeah, uh, and just in terms of caliber and what he can do, hundred uh, percent that it would be ideal for the, both of them. But will it happen? No, I don't think so either. Like you said, Chelsea have kind of worked around with the long contracts. That kind of they can't do that and it nullifies that. Um, they could do a loan deal and just say, "You give us Tony, and we'll give you twenty-seven players off our books." <laughs> 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 you know, like percent of the squad. Um, but, uh, like you say, I think financial fair play would scupper them as well. I mean, they keep claiming that they've got the the, the books balanced, um, but they they have to have the best accountants in the world. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that happens, and I think you could put Arsenal in the same bracket with that as well. Uh, the, the money they've spent. They've not really brought much in. Uh, I think that would be a big ask for them too. Uh, but with the fee they're asking, I mean, he's only got a year. It's only a year on his contract or just over. Yeah, just, just over at the moment. It's a year yeah, coming into the season. 70 million, 28. Uh, like you say, a season, a good season in the Premier League. No, this season, though, because he's not played much. But um, it, it could, it could, will it happen? No. I would like to see it happen. I'd love to see him go to Chelsea, but I don't see that happening. No, I don't think it's in there the way that they're going and recruiting at the minute. I, don't, I, don't think, I know it has been scattergun, but it's been a lot younger than than 28. Um, there's a couple more gents I want to quickly get through. Um, Johnny, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Um, Spurs done their business really early. Uh, obviously, the signing of Werner on loan uh, with an option to buy it and excuse my, is it Drago, Dragovic? Dragerson. Dragerson. Um, another centre-half, which they, they needed as well um, for, a, you know, obviously for a, for a you know, decent fee, but not as big as what we've seen in, in sort of uh, the summer. Um, what's your thoughts on these ones? I think that obviously seeing Celtic last season um, and, and, and watching Spurs this season, I actually think Werner suits them um, really well. Um, see a lot of I see, I see him. I, I think someone made a good point uh, about Mieda that, that, that plays for Celtic, and he and he plays that selfless role. I don't think he's. I'm not comparing to Tim Werner by the way, but technically he's not great, but he does not stop, uh, and it suits the style. I can see Werner playing in that sort of similar similar role, um, but I do think they've done some, some decent business there, and I think they they did sort of need to. I mean, yeah, I think the. The defensive patch-up is needed. Um, the cover is pretty much Eric Dyer, who's obviously now away. So, I don't know what they paid. I think it was maybe 25, 35 million, something like that. It's probably euros. But they, do, they, they, they did need that addition. With, with Timo Werner, I like Timo Werner um, as a player. Uh, seen a lot of him in the Bundesliga before he went to Chelsea. And he was dynamite, absolute dynamite. Um, when he came to Chelsea, he just... He was in a broken system. I think it's quite hard, to, a bit unfair probably to, to be too harsh on him. But he is a bit scattergun. Um, he is awfully, I don't know what I'm looking for, clumsy, I suppose, a bit rash in terms of his chances, his shooting and his, his delivery. It can be 
either excellent or terrible. Uh, when I thought when he was at Chelsea, my my kind of opinion on it was his head went down and he was just shattered confidence wise. But to come back into the Premier League, I just feel like you're putting that pressure straight back on. Yeah, I don't think you dealt with it when you were at Chelsea. Is he going to deal with anything when he's at Spurs? I mean, I've said that a few times about um, Ange that I do think he's a good man manager. Um, I think if anybody can call a player out of him, it's him. And I do think that player's there. But can he do it? I, I don't know. He still looked a bit the same. I see him in the first game. Uh, still kind of the same vibe from him. That doesn't mean that's that can't change. It could be a good sign. I mean, there is potential in it. Um, definitely potential in it. I would be gutted to see him do well. It's just a shame it would be at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say I think that's a good, good bit of business. Jamie, uh, thoughts on on Spurs? Uh, I think Spurs is probably the most ideal team for him. Um, yeah, apart from outside of a Liverpool, what I mean is like that front three plays on the left wing of that and cut, and it has the ability to cut in and hit the byline. I like I'm like Johnny. I I, I watched Team of Werner quite a lot when he was at Leipzig. He was breaking. He was breaking defenses all on his own, um, and that was before Nkunku got there. And then, you know, everybody's got everybody's got something good to say about Nkunku, but I think Timo Werner was probably the first person to do it um, out of them. Chelsea break most of the players that go to them, unfortunately. Um, and you know, they play them out of position. They play them, you know, they don't give them enough chances. So he did. He did kind of flop at Chelsea, um, but he still gets in the goals. Um, you know, I think. If you look at his opening game, I think they scored. What did they score? Did they score four guilt four goals? And, and I think he assisted one of them. So he's still in about it. You know, I, I think I think Ange is the perfect kind of manager he needs. I think Tottenham is probably the right kind of play uh, team he needs to play in, and because they play with a you know an out and out striker and the two wingers on either side. The only thing I'd be wanting to understand is once Son's back. Is he back on the bench, or does he get a no? Does he get a high, you know? Does he get the number nine role, for example? Because surely you don't put Son in the middle. Son's going on the left wing. That's his. That's his strongest position. Um, so it'll be interesting to see with that. I, I, for the money that they've paid, fifteen million, I think that's a good deal, especially in today's market. I don't think his wages will be too too crazy. I think he's probably about one hundred and fifty grand um, a week. I think his fees decent. I can see him being there for two or three years, um, you know, and they'll get a tune out of him. I think it's a smart move for them. The Dragerson lads, I don't know much about him from what I've understood, uh, from what I've, uh, you know, read. He's an up-and-coming young defender. He's he's tall. He's, he's you know, he's, he's all about um, the, the school of hard knocks, if you like, from a defensive point of view. Um, he's not very like Van de Veen, where he, you know, the silky play out. He's very Romero um, in terms of, like, he's, he's all about the challenge first. So it'd be interesting to see if he gets a gets a start or if he's just cover. Um, so far, so good. I think I think two decent signings for them. Sorry, I didn't set myself on mute there. Uh, yeah, I, agree, I absolutely agree with that, and I think sum that up well. Um, all right, just a couple more then, gents. Um, Johnny Newcastle. Um, they obviously mentioned earlier with financial fair play there. There, you know. <laughs> It's been well documented that they they want to bring in a midfielder, um, but they've got to sell before they do that. Um, Trippier to Bayern Munich's come out of nowhere, sort of the last couple of days. Uh, apparently, Trippier's 
really wants to go. I don't think Newcastle want to sell him, but I think that what that's one that I think he's thirty-two. Trippier, I think that one that that, that will, will I think that will go through. And obviously, the surprise for me was Almiron to to Saudi. Now I don't want to go down the route of Saudi buying yet another Newcastle player, and I feel like it's just money getting shifted to. You know, the, the reported money. 60 mils about Effie the winter. Yeah, it's I want that to get looked into. Um, but, but I'm just surprised that they're letting Almiron go, to be honest, because, um, again, if, if it is 50, 60 million, maybe I'll just answer my own question. But to lose him in January, I think that would be, be a blow for him because he, he has been really good since uh, Howe's gone in there. I think if you do float that 60 million time when it comes to anything close to that, I think you've answered your own question. Yeah. That it's uh, you know it's shady, um, and there's not much I can say about it because, like I say, Chelsea's on the same thing. Uh, actually, there was a Premier League vote on that recently, and they voted mm. against it to ban that move, which really surprised me. Um, it was because it wasn't just on the Saudi; it was about all the other companies. Um, so, for example, yeah. if you think of City, they've got Girona. Um, you've got Bournemouth, are owned by. I think they've got ties to other couplers as well. So it's 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 all about the ownership. It's not just about mm. the Saudi. Yeah, well, what's good for the goose isn't it good for mm-hmm. the gander then? Um, but yeah, the Almiron one year is a bit surprising, mate. He is, I know he can be a bit erratic, but he is a big player for him. The Trippier one, um, without going into too much detail, mm-hmm. I don't know, I didn't want to get cancelled <laughs> but anybody that's been part of any kind of group chat or been on twitter or that will have seen all the the gossip in that regarding Kieran Trippier um, and it all came about the same time he ended up dropped he was left out of the squad now suddenly we're talking about a transfer that's why I said earlier that it feels like there's something more to that he left the squad didn't he he left the yeah, squad that was definitely that was some how much mm-hmm. truth from what we read I don't know but something definitely happened and now we're talking about a move away. The well, it's not even that big a fee. I know they only paid like twelve for him, but that was because Atletico wanted to get shot. Um, he's huge for Newcastle. He has been off the last few few weeks. You know, he, he's made a lot of mistakes, but then I think he's had a lot in his mind. So I think that's a huge loss for them. So if you were to say potentially Amaron and Trippier in the same window, that's that's a head scratcher, absolutely. But I do think there's an underlying current with it. Definitely the latter, at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Jamie, what's your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, um, I can't really go against anything, obviously, what Johnny said, because I've seen some of the stuff, and I think just due to his personal life, he's probably just looking for something new. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, let's face it, Bayern Munich's not a, exactly a slouchy team. Um, mm. However, he would be Champions League Cup tied, so... Uh, um, I'm not sure, obviously, what you know what that does to it. Um, but the Almiron one, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, Almiron's arguably one of the players to have turned his form around. You know, before from from how going in, probably right up there with Joe Linton. He's probably one of the two success stories that Eddie Howe can look back on and go, "That was because of what we did." Um, the transfer itself, I mean, he's, he's been at Newcastle for probably about five or six years, if not longer. Um, so I don't necessarily have an issue with the transfer, but I mean, some of the fees that's reported, now it could be complete absolute BS, but um, I think Eddie Howe did say that they're looking to bring people in, but they've got to get creative. So 
I wouldn't be surprised, and this is me completely spitballing, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a sacrifice on somebody like Almiron and brought in a loan deal until the end of the season. And I say a loan deal, I'm, I'm just going to throw a name in there. Not, I've not seen it linked, but probably the type of player. See the lad Jota that was at Celtic? There's talk. He's not really settling down properly. He's a young lad. He's a lone player with a view to get into the Premier League. It sounds like that kind of a deal. You could probably label that against other people, but what I mean is that's probably how they're going to get creative with it. Um, they've, loved, I think they've seen the news as well. They've lost Joe Linton for about two or three months. Um, he had a successful surgery, so their numbers are dwindling big time. You know, you go back to the fact that they can't use Tenali. Um, there's been a lot made of the Bruno Gomerish buyout clause, which is apparently setting at a triple figure. Um, PSG apparently was sniffing about. I wouldn't be surprised again come the end of the season if 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 he moved on, which enabled them to do whatever business that they want to do. Um, but yeah, it, it would be a weird one to let him go, but at the same time, I can understand it for the Almanon one. Sorry. And and Jamie, just to just to come back to you in the last one, uh, I want to get obviously both both thoughts on this. Uh, Calvin Phillips looks set to join West Ham on loan um, mm-hmm. with an option to buy. Um, I, I think it's a good move um, from West Ham. Mm-hmm. I think West Ham. West Ham. Um, I think that they they they've not got loads of numbers in the midfield. Um, mm-hmm. If you ask West Ham fans, they'll they'll, they'll be quite happy with the, the balance they've got. But if they do get an injury to Walprouse, Alvarez, or simply they've got no one else to come in, and then that's why I think he will go in there. Um, are you surprised? And then the other point is. A lot of West Ham fans are moaning at this, uh, which I've been quite surprised about. Obviously, they want to get a forward in because we spoke about Paqueta being injured, kudos out. That yeah. he's leading the line at the moment. He looks finishing the Premier League. Looks done. Um, but I, I still, I still think that's a quality signing on the line till the end of the season. I think, I think Calvin Phillips is a, is a good player. Yeah, um, and, and and to be fair, he's probably a moist, moist type of player. You know. He's, you know, a tackler holds the line well. Um, I suppose it's really who does it benefit more? Does it benefit West Ham more? I would argue Alvarez has been yeah. one of the better midfielders this season. I'm not going to put him in no team of the season, but he's he's been non-stop for them. I think he's been really good. And I think Wood Prowse started the season on fire, but he's kind of slowed down a little bit. But he's not he's not playing bad. So where does Phillips fit in? Does Phillips anchor them too? Or does he sit in front of them? Does he sit alongside them? It just seems, as you said, it's like another defensive player. West Ham fans are not asking for more defensive players. They're asking for more attacking players. Anybody looking at that team? I even said, it. I said when we were talking about the game, I was worried for them because of their attacking talent that's gone, you know, they're not, not available to them at the moment. So... I was surprised that they've brought Phillips in, but I do see him as a moist type of player. Um, but you bring somebody like him in and you see maybe Moyes recycling um, some of the other midfielders. Um, but Wood Prowse has done nothing wrong and Nias Alvarez. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm not surprised that City didn't sell uh, send him to an, a, you know, um, a rival. You know, there was a lot of talk of you know some of the rivals. I don't think City were ever going to improve the rivals, really, were they? Um, so I would argue that West Ham is probably his level as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, you know, he, I don't think he's a top six player. I think he probably would have been when if he, if he got that gig and he and he anchored himself at City. I mean, Rodri's t- different gravy, obviously, but he's not even impressed on the games that he's actually got on you know game time for. Um, so yeah, I think Moise will get a tune out of him definitely. I just don't know if it's the right kind of deal for West Ham right at this moment. Well. It's got a couple of things there. I think I think you're right in saying. I think Phil Phillips has got to go and prove himself again. Um, yeah. He's had what eighteen months, really, yeah. without plans. He's got to go and prove himself again. But I think proof is in the pudding for West Ham, really, because they they played and obviously got knocked out of the FA Cup by Bristol City when they had to make changes. Yeah. Uh, they got smashed, obviously, against Liverpool in the League Cup. They were really poor in Europe. Uh, they was already through um, when they had to make changes. Smashed up Fulham when they had to make changes. So I think it's a good move because I think it gives you another option. Uh, you can't still, keep still six. They're still six. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I kind of disagree. I, I totally agree. They need a strike, and I think they will try and get one in. Um, mm-hmm. Phillips on loan to end the season just to help the numbers and, and get another quality player yeah. in. I, I think I think it's a it's a good move. Uh, Johnny, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, I like it. I, I think uh, the lad needs to be playing. I think he needs to find, I wouldn't say his level, but I suppose I do. Uh, you know, I kind of agree with Jamie. I think West Ham would be a decent fit for him. Uh, in, in terms of from the West Ham point of view, they do need numbers. Um, I do think they still need strengthening. Uh, we've seen it recently with Father Alvarez injured, where Paquetta's injured. We've got Ben Rama, who's supposed to be going. For now, so as they really kicked his own ass, so I think they do need that wee bit of extra cover. And I can see him actually fitting in and possibly um, getting a place in that starting level. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad sign at all, mate. Um, Sadie was going to have to go somewhere, he was never going to get moving at City. I mean, you know, a bit like the lad Cole Palmer, and we see what he's done. So, there is potential for him to, to go and get everything back on track. He looked good at Leeds. Um, one of those players that does all the, the nonsense that nobody else wants to do, and he does it well. I think West Ham, you know, I think I think they'll benefit from it. Yeah. Do you, do you know my only problem with him is that he went to City on the back of having a good tournament for England. You know, he was arguably one of the better players for England in the tournament, and he was a decent enough player in Leeds. Leeds were. You know the, the the chance to, to leads into you know the the, the hacket the hatchet bumps, you know they love a challenge, they love a yellow card, and I think Phillips fits into that. It's probably yeah, but, I, but what is his level actually? I think I think it's something Mason said at the start of the the season that you know there's no way you games? remember anything we've said at the beginning of the season. No, no, mate. Not I, a actually, I do remember things. That's why I keep calling everybody out when they make a bad shout. I didn't call them out if they make a good one until now. But Mason actually pointed out, and he had said that, you know, six games, ten games, if having a dynamite run is enough to seal a transfer in the Premier League. You can apply that exactly to the Euros, to the World Cup, the exact same thing. Enzo Fernandez is a perfect example. That's all it needs. Uh, so that's yeah, you're probably right. It was off the back of that, but that's enough. That that is enough to get it done. So but I still think, like I say, I still think there's a player in there. I still think he'll do a job for West Ham. I think it's a good move. Nice one, gents. Well, listen, just to just to wrap it up then, um, uh, Johnny, I'll come to you first. Then, just very quickly, um, what team 
needs to sign the most and in what position? Putting it, putting it on you both right at the end. <clears throat> what team needs to sign the most and in what position? I'm going to say that needs to be... For a title challenge, I'm going to make it simple and say Arsenal and then either striker. I've got to agree with that. I'll make it make it easy as well. Jamie, what's your thoughts? I'm not going to go with the trend and say Arsenal. I think Arsenal need more than just a striker. Um, but I, I actually think Man United need more, need, need signings. And, and you know, um, they're getting found out quite a lot, um, you know, all over the park. Um, there seems to be a bit of displacement across the whole of the park that they've got. There's a lot of talk about Casemiro at the moment, Martial, Hoyland. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of seem all over the place. If they're going to stick with Ten Hag, then they need to bring in more players. Um, I know they're doing this. Uh, they're apparently doing this 30-day review um, of any of us are going to do a 30-day review audit, if you like. But the transfer window will be done by then. So um, what does that mean for him? Does that mean he's stuck with the players he's got? Um, if so, then they're going to find it hard to hold on to that eighth position that they're currently sitting in, in my opinion. So for Man United's sake, I think they need the most players um, in the right positions. And make sure that one of them's Dutch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've all played for Ajax at some point. Yeah, good to be fair. Good answer there, there Jay. I'm glad you uh, didn't go with me and Johnny. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, that that wraps us up then. Just just over the hour there. Um, good to be back on, um, Johnny. Thanks for tonight, mate. Really enjoyed it, mate. Excellent to be back. Thank you, gentlemen. Top man and Jamie. Thanks as ever. Good man, appreciate it. Um, it's always good to uh, uh, dissect the football as we see it. It is, Jensen. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, which I'm right in saying, I've not even looked to be fair, bad, bad for me, but it's a full fixture list, right? It's a full fixture list, but it's Tuesday to Thursday because uh, we've got the FA Cup this weekend. So uh, we're going to have to pick our time uh, wisely, whether that would be on the Monday pre all the games going on um, or maybe the Friday um, after that, I don't know. Bloody FA Cup. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit longer then. <laughs> but um, well, thanks uh, everyone for listening, and we'll be back soon. Take care. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 